Hi folks, it's Mandy Elliott, soon to be joined by my pal Charlie Barber, and this is The Juiciest Bits. Today we are talking about Robert Altman's 1977 film Three Women, starring Shelley Duvall and Sissy Spacek, and uh, yeah, it's a wild ride, and uh, we have we have a challenging and I think fun conversation. Um, just a heads up, there is a scene in the film depicting an attempted suicide, and we do talk about it. So if that's not good for you, then please look after yourself and give this one a miss. Otherwise, uh, we really look forward to to hearing what you think. Uh, please rate us, review us, and reach out to us. We'd really love to hear from you. Um, and you can do that uh, because you all probably know us. So <laughs> um, yeah, uh, give us give us, uh, give us a shout. Um, otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of The Juiciest Bits, talking about three women. Uh, hello, hello, I'm Charlie. I'm Mandy. And this is The, the Juiciest, Juiciest Bits, Bits podcast. podcast. Yes, we did it. <laughs> I've converted you into the podcast. <laughs> I knew it would make you happy. Thank you. It does make me happy. Very good. Um, oh boy. So today's pick was a very weird one. Yeah, that's my fault. Yeah, yeah, it's 100% your fault. Because <laughs> I was like, hey, let's stop talking about dude movies. Yeah. We're talking about so many dude forward movies. Let's talk about ladies. And you were like, hmm, there's this like, interesting movie called Three Women. <laughs> and I was like, sure, I've never heard of it before. Tell me more. And then we watched it. And I don't know what to say. It is a wonder. It is. It's uh, it, yeah. <laughs> it's a articulate it is a, a yeah yeah. It is a movie. It it sure is a movie that yeah. we watched yep. that does have three women it in does, it. It does. I counted twice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? That's all the women we need. Really? Yeah. More like, would just be con- even more confusing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that's most of the women, anyways. That's true. Yeah. How many? How how many women is too many women? Four women is too many women. Okay, okay. I would say three women is just right. Mm-hmm. Uh, two women is is also okay. Five is right out. Five is right out. <laughs> As Monty Python would say. As, to quote to quote the Bard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking three women. Robert Altwin's. Um, successful question mark attempt at um beating ingmar bergman in his own game (laughs) and that's the toxic trait among like dude filmmakers right is to like try and be like daddy bergman one-upmanship yeah yeah that's right try to beat daddy bergman (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know right that's what it's all seems right yeah yeah. Okay. All right. So what's your history with three women? Why do you suggest it? Why did you subject me to it? <laughs> Charlie is very mad at me. I'm so angry. I had to, well, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I also like, yeah, the synopsis is going to be a right hot mess. Yeah. So three women is one of those movies that I felt like as a film scholar, I was supposed to watch. And so I watched it. Um, I don't know, fairly recently, in the last few years. Mm. Um, and it was very unlike the other Altman movies that I've seen. Um, I'm used to sort of very busy people talking over each other, lots of different subplots going on. And this one really hit me as something a lot more focused. And 
interesting word choice. Yeah, yeah uh, considering it is just bananas, but but I mean focused in terms of like we know who we're following and right. Yeah. There's sort of clear protagonists kind yeah. of and then, like, for better or worse, I decided to teach it this year. So. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to try. Jumping off the deep end. Um, because it is representative of the new Hollywood, too. And of, of you know, that, that pre-80s mm-hmm. aim to make old stuff new again. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how it goes but i i also really wanted to get your take on it because i i thought it would be just the kind of thing that you would hate love <laughs> oh my god boy did i yeah okay. <laughs> okay so also what are the things that come to mind well like just as a sort of like preamble talking about robert altman's filmography i was also kind of shocked because like i'd seen you know gosford park mm-hmm. and the long goodbye and Hated MASH, but I saw it too. And like, you know, sort of like those like big ensembles. Yeah, the classics. <laughs> yeah. And then, and and sort of was like, okay, great. Like that's, that's Robert Altman. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, this was so different. So can you maybe like briefly say why, like what is a classic like Altman film aesthetic? Because yeah. he is an auteur for people who talk about auteurs. It's kind of bullshit, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and this does feel like a departure from, from that. Yeah. So Altman, um. So where are we coming from? And why is this different? Yeah. Like, especially the movies from the seventies you talked about, like the long goodbye and mash, very ensemble, very everyone talking at the same time. It's hard to sort of, you can watch it, you know, more than once and pick out a different conversation every time. Um, yeah, just very. Very busy, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and even with something later like Gosford Park, it's also very busy and yeah. very, um, very. There's like 17 million plot lines and, and yeah. story arcs that are like all interwoven. It's very elaborately written. Mm-hmm. And it's not the three women isn't elaborately written, but it's it's just so pared down. Yeah, and it's so quiet yeah. in comparison. Yeah, there are lots of silences. Like, there's often no one talking for a whole long st- stretch of time. Mm-hmm. And often people aren't even moving. Like, yeah. people are just sort of standing around, staring at things. So it also feels like, like yeah, scenes are sort of paused or, or yeah held in suspension. Yeah, it makes me think of... Um... So this Japanese filmmaker making movies in the 40s and 50s, uh, Yasujiro Ozu. Deep cuts, yeah. Deep cuts, yeah. So he enjoyed doing what he called pillow shots, where he would film the action and then move the camera to like a cat sitting on a chair and just let it sit there for a few seconds, just almost to give you a breather, just to be like, okay, and now we're shifting focus. Here's your palate cleanser. And and it's like it, a timeout for the viewer. It's like a timeout. And I felt um I felt kind of like that in this, although I felt like the pauses were meant to give us time to catch up. <laughs> yeah. To to think about what we were <laughs> to, seeing. To reorient and be like, what? Okay. Yeah. But but the silences and the just the the way the camera rests on a given character for a while mm-hmm. just yeah, really made me think of those pillow shots. Okay. Cool. 
Wow. So smart. So smart. Um, <laughs> may, I, may I now jump in and do a summary? Please do a summary. Okay, pray for me. <laughs> all right. So first off, as we discussed, this movie is like so languid um, that I was like, oh, this, this summary will take no time at all. But actually, like a lot still happens. It's just really heavy on the dreamlike dreamlike atmosphere and like suspension of cause and effect and people staring at like sort of immovably hanging around um and i do love an experimental film i do i do i do but like the two hour runtime of this movie <laughs> does not zip by no it it, does it, it walks with a heavy foot so <laughs> yeah say that right off the bat so we open with a lady painting a weird nipple forward mural and then waves of blue water drift over the scene and we're in a p- old people spa where millie Shelley Duval is helping seniors walk very slowly in a pool. In walks hot new employee Pinky, looking like she was bonked on the head before showing up for the first day of work. But the reason for her bug-eyed blank stare is that Pinky can't believe she gets to work with Millie, a stranger she is immediately smitten with. And together they get to watch old people fall asleep in little private bathtubs. Yay. The dream job. (laughs) It's so weird. As Millie shows Pinky around, giving her on-the-spot training, we immediately see two things. Number one, Pinky is obsessed with Millie, and we have no idea why, because two, Millie is a chatty, needy weirdo that no one else likes. (laughs) When Pinky isn't stalking Millie at work, she's back at her dingy boarding room, either washing her only pair of panties or sitting on the floor at her sewing machine, making a skirt out of drapes or some shit. Wasn't clear where she got that fabric. No. Because she she only has one pair of panties. Where is she buying fabric from? She should make more of those. She should make more panties. Yeah. At least a backup. At least. At at the very least. Uh, What's that you say? This is only two women. Where's the third woman? (laughs) Fear not. All will soon be revealed. And by all, I mean one more woman. Trust the math, people. When Millie puts up a notice for a new roommate, Pinky wastes no time in claiming the vacant spot in Millie's much-too-small, much-too-yellow apartment. (laughs) The day Pinky moves in, Millie drives them both to a nearby bar-slash-shooting-range-slash-former-mini-golf-course-slash-former-wild-west amusement park. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Again, the math works. (laughs) And through the bar window, we see uh, that mural artist woman from the opening credits is painting another weird mural in the back patio. And Millie's like, oh, that's just Willie. She's pregnant and also owns this bar with her cowboy husband, Edgar. I come here all the time to hang out. Also, they happen to own my apartment building that you're now living into. And we wonder, could Willie be the third woman? (laughs) Time will tell. (sighs) But it's unclear right now because she doesn't ever talk. So she doesn't even really seem like a character in this movie. No. Just more like this, yeah, weird symbolic uh, figure. Really strong Oracle of Delphi energy going on with Mm, her. You know? yeah, Yeah, totally. Back at Millie's apartment, it turns out that there's only one bedroom, which is so weird. Mm-hmm. Seems like something she could have disclosed earlier. Yeah, she might have mentioned that. Mm-hmm. So she's like showing her around. She's like, here's the living room. Here's the kitchen. Here's our bedroom. <laughs> um, so the two women each sleep on a twin bed next to each other in this one bedroom like sisters in a family family house or like married people in a 1950s sitcom. <laughs> Just, yeah. you know, you know, nice and nice and separate. 
Uh, and then as the movie drifts along from here, some themes start to emerge about these women. So we keep seeing Willie in distance shots, but never really in close up. And she never seems to speak, even when directly addressed. We only see her drift around in oversized hats and bag dresses, which iconic. Yeah. Uh, sometimes she's painting a mural. Sometimes she's just hovering or napping near one. And it's really unclear how she fits with Pinky and Millie's weird dynamic. Pinky only wears pink. Seems Shocking. too young for her age. Yeah, she's got a brand. <laughs> <laughs> and her obsession with Millie only gets more intense as she starts living with her. So she starts reading Millie's diary, which must be the most boring document ever. <laughs> like Millie says at one point, oh, I write in it even if I don't have anything to say. And it's like, girl, why? Girl, why? Um, and then she also starts absorbing man Millie's phrases and mannerisms. Millie loves yellow. And like, yes, uh, she's also so weird, but is much more self-deluded about it. So she thinks she's just like a savvy woman about town, but everyone either like openly mocks her or ignores her. She's always talking about going on dates and having to fend off dudes. And yet the only dude who pays her any attention at all is the creepy landlord, Edgar. Uh, she also says that she often goes off to meet people, but then she returns early. These events seemingly forgotten or canceled. We see this again play out when Millie's former roommate, who Millie won't ever stop talking about as if they were bosom pals, is supposed to come over for a dinner party. And this is like so weirdly sad and also hilarious. So Millie's like, oh, I'm known for my dinner parties. And then immediately gets a bunch of like squeeze can products and yeah. basically like assemble snacks. So it's like lots of cheese whiz and lots of pudding and like, like lots of, yeah. Uh, yikes. Um, and then at the last w minute, the roommate bails on the event and doesn't even bother to tell Millie directly. <laughs> Humiliated, Millie tells Pinky that it's all her fault and that she's a freak. And then she goes out and brings Edgar home to fuck, which seems like the worst possible consolation prize for being friendless. Yeah. Crashed by Millie's outburst, Pinky goes out on the balcony and throws herself off into the courtyard pool. Somehow, Willie is already there on the scene and hauls an unconscious Pinky out of the water. And then Pinky is hauled off to the hospital, but not before we get a bunch of shots of the underwater mural and Willie standing motionless in the pool and Millie standing motionless at the top of her apartment. <laughs> uh, we said before, lots of motionless standing. Yep. Yeah. Lots of that. Also, at any given moment, just know that there are probably watery lines flowing across the screen, bisecting the shot and looking for all the world like an old timey screensaver. <laughs> yes, totally. Right. Yes. I was like, what is this? <laughs> I know this is supposed to be artsy, but this just looks like <laughs> shitty Microsoft. <laughs> yep. It does. Uh, Pinky is in the hospital in a coma for a bit. Hot second, coma sesh. Um, <laughs> Millie telegrams Pinky's parents because they apparently live in the 1800s in Texas. <laughs> and then they show up to stand awkwardly at Pinky's bedside for a bit and then awkwardly fuck in one of Millie's twin beds for a bit. Very disturbing. Very disturbing. Uh, gross. Old people having sex. Ew. <laughs> we don't want that. In their daughter's bed. In their daughter's bed. That isn't even really their daughter. Like, yeah, it's yeah, so. Oh, it's, yeah. yeah. Let's not unpack that. <laughs> or let's later not on. Yet. Save yeah. it. Do like trauma and suppress. <laughs> it's my jam. <laughs> it's your favorite thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
when Pinky wakes up from her coma, she says she doesn't recognize these people that pretend to be her parents. They aren't her parents after all, she doesn't think. Also, her name isn't Pinky, it's Mildred. And she gets agitated when challenged about it. So old parents are sent home and Pinky gets released into Millie's care. So side note, Pinky's real name is actually Mildred, but she previously said she hated Mildred. And then Millie got really offended because her name is also Mildred. So she was like, you're, you know, besmirching my name. What do you think my name is? What do you think is my, oh Oh, no. no. Yeah, so it's a little bit weird. But anyways, back at Millie's place, Pinky seems to have undergone a complete personality overhaul. She suddenly dresses and behaves like an older woman now. And begins slowly replacing Millie in her own life. So she's like the hotter, more socially adept, sexy Millie 2.0. People, and especially men, suddenly like her way more, and she even weasels into Edgar's arms, which is, like, not difficult because Edgar is the worst. Mm -hmm. After Millie finds out that Pinky has ripped off her social insurance number at work, the old people spa, remember, she confronts Pinky at home, and they have a fight, after which Pinky storms off. Then Millie picks up her old diary, only to realize that Pinky has been writing in it as if she were Millie, or, or as if, like, Millie's life were her own. So she's talking about owning the apartment. She's talking about wanting to be alone again in it. And also the search for her missing parents. So like everything that Millie has told Pinky about herself is in there. Mm-hmm. And we're like, is this amnesia or is it something else? No time to wonder because then Pinky has an extended underwater dream montage in which we see flashes of her life before coma time. And then also some scenes that we actually never saw before. So like Pinky lying stabbed on the floor of the apartment is sort mm-hmm. of a big mm-hmm. key, key one. When Pinky wakes up from the dream, she goes to Millie, who's sleeping on the pull-out bed in the living room, and asks if she can sleep with her because she had a bad dream. And this movie is, like, so, so gay sometimes. But this particular <laughs> moment, which, like, is, like, has the potential to be the gayest, like, mm-hmm. like climbing into someone else's bed, um, just isn't. Like, like it's, it's very clearly, like, a child seeking comfort from, from, from a mother. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and we see that the power dynamics have sort of shifted again with Pinky in less control suddenly. Mm-hmm. Um, later that night, a drunken Edgar breaks into their apartment and tells them that Willie is in labor. So Millie and Pinky run off to help her only to realize that things are too late. Millie sends Pinky to get the doctor anyways, while she helps Willie. But Pinky just stands outside and stares unblinkingly at a horrifying birth scene. Yeah. And it is, it is like so upsetting it's very upsetting yeah it's so fucked up when the baby arrives it's a stillborn um and then a blood-covered millie walks out to pinky who's still standing there um and millie is like deeply traumatized (laughs) she holds her arms out in front of her like a zombie um and sees pinky and like starts laughing and then slaps her for not getting help cut to (laughs) a yellow delivery truck rolling up to the wild west bar when the delivery guy walks in the bar, uh, we see a very childlike Pinky at the bar. Uh, so even more childlike than she seemed at the very beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and this and this version of Pinky says she'll call her mom. In walks someone dressed like Willie, but then she knocks back her hat and it's Millie instead. Delivery driver says, sorry about Edgar. It was so weird what happened to him considering he was so good with guns. And Millie's like, yes, yes, goodbye now. <laughs> Um, so then we've got this, like, weird prepubescent Pinky, like, very, very childlike, um, and then a a Millie that's, like, really, like, seems somehow taller and more composed, 
So these are two very different versions of characters that we've seen already in several iterations before. Um, this Pinky and this Millie leave the bar and walk to the house out back where Willie, looking much older and more grandmotherly, is sitting on the porch. As Pinky sits down next to Willie, uh, Willie says, I had the most wonderful dream. Tried to remember it, but I couldn't. Uh, and then as credits roll, Millie tells Pinky to scrub potatoes for dinner. Willie chastises Millie for being so hard on Pinky. And we pull back to hover over a pile of old tires. The <laughs> end. The end. Uh, makes sense. Everything is clear now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a reveal. <laughs> Okay, I did, I did my best. I really tried. You did a great job. But that still is a hot mess. And like, yeah. does it make sense? Okay, so, so what happened here? Like, is there any way to make sense of this as a linear narrative? Or can we only approach this movie with a kind of dream logic where like people and events and places have sort of a multiplicity to them? Well, where I, you're like, oh, I had a dream and, and like, you know, it was my childhood house, but it was also my school. Like, you know, like yeah, things yeah. are layered. Yeah, well, I know, like, so this movie is based, apparently, on a dream Altman had. So I think we have to Was it a dream it. he had after watching Persona? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think we need to approach it as dream logic, because it's the only way it works. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, because there are changes in identity and shifts in personality, and, yeah, it's just, it's hard to do a linear narrative of it i think well and there isn't any kind of like framework that allows us to prioritize one identity over another Mm-mm. like like it's not like oh we end and they're like oh yes i woke up from the dream that i had that was about all of you being younger people mm-hmm. or that like oh you know i bonked my head on the pool and then now everything changed and I'm like sort of in the afterlife thinking about, you know, like mm-hmm. there's nothing that sort of definitively sets one set of identity over another. Yeah. It's almost like, um, like dreams within dreams and, and mm-hmm. those sort of like inception moments, like inception yeah. moments, but, but like where you're not sure if you're awake or sleeping and you're, mm-hmm. you know, everything is sort of fuzzy. And mm-hmm. I think that's why we get those waves across the screen is to, to sort of yeah artistically be like is this real is it a dream um yeah just to make every everything is ambiguous yeah it's kind of like those like you know that like old way of of like strumming the harp and then the and then the screen would sort of ripple Mm -hmm, out yeah and it'd be like this is a dream and then back and the harp would strum and you're so (laughs) yes um it's like that, but yeah, not with any center. Mm-hmm. It just keeps happening. Yeah, which is, I think, like, because we're presented with a linear narrative for most of the movie, like the Pinky and Millie are roommates narrative, mm-hmm. it's so jarring when all of a sudden Pinky, you know, bonks her head in the pool and becomes essentially what Millie wants to be. Yeah, yeah. and. Like, the people who are her parents or who come to visit her, they believe they're her parents, mm-hmm. right? They're like, yep, that's Pinky. They, rec- they recognize her yeah. as she's still in a coma. But they're also, like, I think I read somewhere that the actor who plays her dad was 90 at the time. Like, they're old people. Yeah. Um. So it, it kind of seems like, are, are they her yeah. parents? Are they not her parents? 
And yeah, the idea, the whole idea that Millie has to send them a telegram is something completely out of the time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like Millie, um, when somebody suggests she send a telegram, she's like, I don't, I've never sent a telegram. I don't know yeah, how like, to do well, that. Yeah, like, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah. It's so the it's... late 70s. Is that still even possible? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, it's so, it's so interesting to me seeing Pinky as essentially this little girl like she is in the beginning like she's mm-hmm. she's got to be i think sissy spacek who plays pinky was in her late 20s in her late 20s yeah. and she seriously behaves like she's i don't know 12 like i believe most. she's 12 like she was blowing bubbles in her in her drinks and um playing in wheelchairs at work and like playing pranks on people and it was so like I cringed so much at her behavior because I was just like, "How? Where are your parents?" <laughs> like, yeah, and it doesn't look like an older, like it doesn't look an, like an adult, like pretending to be a child. No, it looks like a child. She looks like a child. Yeah, because and I mean, Shelley Duvall looks young mm-hmm. as well. I think they're around the same age, but but yeah, Sissy Spacek looks like a little girl mm-hmm. and dresses. In these pink frilly like pinafore pinafore yeah yeah yeah. and so it's so jarring when all of a sudden she's wearing makeup and she's wearing you know something that's not pink yeah (laughs) and she's and she's dressed like a grown woman and she's Mm -hmm. you know being very flirty and and being and also um, socially adept like she suddenly knows like how to connect with people and how to like be seductive mm-hmm. and how to manipulate mm-hmm. um whereas before she was just sneaky right like peeking in millie's diary and snooping yeah. now she's doing it maliciously mm-hmm. but it's it's is she doing it maliciously or is she actually slowly becoming millie like are they switching a little bit because millie becomes quite a wallflower well, this is what I was wondering mm-hmm. is like if if she sort of takes the upper hand, like at no point does Millie say, this is my house. Get the fuck out of here. Like, what are you doing? I'm trying to do nice things for you. And you're just like, you know, spitting in my face like she she literally just like lays down and lets her walk over mm-hmm. her. And even when at work, there's like that social insurance number issue. Where it's clear that Pinky has like ripped off her identity. Yeah. Um, Millie is like, oh no, I'm sure there like there must have been some. She must have been confused or yeah. like, like no, like no one has been that badly confused. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, so even just like even then, sort of keeps justifying. <sighs> Yeah, Pinky's actions and yeah. and making excuses for her, even though she leaves her social security card on the dresser, mm-hmm. like she leaves this very important piece of ID just out mm-hmm. in the open. And she's, I mean, that's the thing about Millie is I think she, she's kind of an open book, mm-hmm. too much so in a lot of ways, like, which is weird because of how self-deceptive she is. Yeah. Well, I think she's she's an open book in as much as she's in as much as she believes she is who yeah. she wants to 
now I'm getting confused. Yeah, yeah like she yeah. she is so serious about this persona she's putting on that yeah she's very open about it even though it's that's not true. Real. She makes herself ridiculous because yeah. she is so transparently like <laughs> like not doing the things that she claims to be doing. Yeah. Well, like when she's on the phone with Deirdre, her ex roommate, mm -hmm. who's inviting herself over for a drink, not a dinner party. Um, Millie says, oh, I have a date with this guy, but I always stand him up. He just always keeps coming back for more. And like, there is no guy. Yeah. There's she has a crush on a guy in her building who never even says hello to her. Who pretends to be sick so he doesn't have to talk to her. Yeah. She says hi and he coughs. And she and everyone at work dislikes her. Yeah. And but she has this narrative that everyone at work hates these twins that work there. Yeah. And like she's so as much as um as much as Pinky is obsessed with Millie, mm -hmm. Millie is really enjoying having someone be obsessed with her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the first it seems like the first time that yeah. that's happened. And and she she has made herself sort of invisible or she is invisible to most other people. Mm -hmm. So when she is so like obsessively fixated over by one person, like that's that's pretty transformative. Yeah, because she acknowledges in her diary that Pinky is strange mm -hmm. and, and I forget the word she uses, eccentric essentially. Mm -hmm. Um but she's she's very clear that she'll just keep rolling with it. Mm -hmm. You know, because what else is she gonna do? Yeah. People aren't lining up to live with her and sleep in her room with sleep her. in her weird ass. <laughs> Except when yeah. she has quote unquote company. And makes her roommate sleep on this rollaway bed in the living room, which I imagine again, so she can fuck yeah. Edgar, who's who's yeah, a big yikes, big yikes, big yikes, who also doesn't want to be present for the birth of his child because yeah, yeah, yeah. oh my god. Um. Okay. So, what do you want to talk about? I want to talk about. I want to talk about. Um the theme of like reflection yeah um particularly through like windows mirrors watery surfaces um and how that also connects to sort of like forms of doubling and mm -hmm. and um enmeshment <laughs> yeah um and then i think i also want to talk about Mother stuff. Definitely want to talk about mother stuff. Would love to talk about mother stuff. And then, um, I, you know, just also want to talk a little bit about uh, Greek mythology. Love it. Cool. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about those things. I want to talk about um, Willie's role in this whole thing. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the fact that there's a fourth woman in this movie. What? The boss of the old people's home. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Who is a boss. A boss. <laughs> yeah. And and she, I don't think, gets the attention she deserves. Oh, okay. Um, Setting records straight here. Yeah. And I, yeah, I want to talk <laughs> Take about that, how this, what this movie is trying to say about women. Yeah. Because. <laughs> because I don't know either. And I also didn't like 
see any kind of like resemblance to like feminine experiences. Right. Like, like that didn't like, yeah. So I don't know. Well, I'm always wary when a man makes a movie about women. Yeah. And even the, in the title card, it says Robert Altman's three women. Oh, and it gross. just grossed me out because like, oh, oh no. no. And there are some really interesting things. That, oh, yeah, lots of interesting that, things. That, you know, these women bring up in the movie. But at the same time, it's just like, no, but we're not all weirdos. Like, <laughs> <laughs> only some of us are weirdos. Mm. Thank you very much. <laughs> only the best of you are weirdos. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Well, and, and yeah, like, I think Willie's character is particularly important because she's, yeah, she is maybe the, the least weird, but also very mysterious. She's the most sidelined. Okay, let's start with Willie. Okay. Yeah, so Willie, um, she is the painter. She paints all of these, these really sort of interesting but horrific things on the bottoms of pools and uh, <laughs> yeah and it's like it's like weird how would you describe it? it's like it's like weird sort of like mythological human beast yeah genitalia yeah. combinations well the one that's focused on at the very beginning it's these three beings with breasts who are sort of writhing and yeah and looking very traumatized and then there is um a figure with a penis with his arms mm. with their arms like way out and they seem to be yelling at these women mm. and i oh hmm interesting yeah. i actually didn't re- register that yeah and i i mean i was I, just like that's a lot of nipples i could be wrong but immediately i was like there it is. There it is. This is the movie. I guess, but who's yelling at who and wh- why yeah. are they what? So, yeah, and Willie's the one sort of depicting this, painting this. Yeah. Um, and she seems like like such a boss, right? Like she's very independent, she's very artistic, she dresses the way she wants to. Um, and yet she's married to Edgar. Who is just the worst and married to Edgar and carrying his kid, and carrying his kid, and like he flirts with everyone. He wears cowboy clothes all day, all, all the time. He um, doesn't seem to care about anybody. Mm-mm. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm just very intrigued by this this very. She's just very quiet, very focused. But she also looks like she doesn't take any shit. But she's married to Edgar. Yeah. So it's, that's weird. And then just, yeah, her as this mother figure who seems so isolated. I mean, they, they own this bar, this, this Wild West place called Dodge City. So even that suggests that they're on the edge of something. They're on the frontier this place no one else goes mm-hmm. and and they're surrounded by desert it, they look yeah. like a little island yeah it just looks like they're in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and and she yeah she doesn't really interact with anyone no like it's it's edgar and his boys like off shooting things they're off um dirt biking they're off like doing all of these other things and she's just sort of like 
off on her own, wandering around, painting a mural, doing really solitary things. Again, like, yeah, we don't see her. We don't hear her talk until the birth scene. Yeah. At the very end of the movie. So, like, almost two hours go by where she's just a silent figure sort of on the periphery of of whatever else action is happening. Yeah. Well, and I, I think... I think we're meant to see her as this this all mother in a way, like not the center of attention, but the one sort of looking after everyone. Mm. Because as you say, when Pinky jumps into the pool, somehow mysteriously Willie is there yeah. and and saves her. But when everybody's attention is on Pinky, Willie is standing in the pool, shivering, and she's just standing there. She just stands there. And it just really reminded me of something like a water birth, oh, right? Like yeah. she's—it's almost like Pinky is is baptized this new person or is born anew mm-hmm. from Willie, and then that's when Pinky changes. Yeah, and, and Willie just stands there watching her and doesn't say anything, and it's almost like no one else can see her. Yeah, yeah, but she's there just making sure that Pinky's safe. I love it. I love it. That's so good. And and like and also then watching Edgar leave Millie's apartment, being right. like, "What the hell, dude?" And just being like, <laughs> like "You piece of shit." Like I'm here saving a life, and you're here ruining a life. And yeah, yeah. And I wonder then, thinking about Willie as sort of like the Ur mother, mm-hmm. if by the end, when when you know she's awake Mm -hmm. we see millie as millie looks older when she's pinky's mother yeah and it's 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 much more of a clear sort of generational thing where it's like okay this is clearly the daughter this is clearly the mother this is clearly the grandmother yeah before they seemed closer in age like almost peers yeah well and in that way i wonder if we're getting a sort of three ages kind of thing where Mm -hmm. it's you know, Pinky's the baby, mm-hmm. Millie's the young, aimless person, and Willie's the settled down one. Mm-hmm. But also, it's it's not like Willie's life is fantastic. She's just kind of doing what she wants in spite of all the bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I felt like there was more flux even between... Like, obviously, the the main sort of exchanges happen between Pinky and Millie. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that are sort of, like, most closely conflated. I mean, like, even their names are the same. Yeah. Um, and... They and have the same social security number. Same... Yeah, they're the same <laughs> person. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, so lots of sort of, like, like interplay there. Um, but then also thinking maybe about, like, Willie... <sighs> in her sort of like non-verbalness just seemed maybe childlike in another way. I think I read it the opposite that you did oh, interesting. where you were like, Oh, she's like sort of like all powerful, the old mother. Um, she's sort of above it all. And, and I sort of read it as like, Oh, she's sort of like doesn't understand or she's sort of like a wash in this, in this thing and so then i i read her like not willing to engage not necessarily being like i don't need to engage but sort of like not able to Mm. in in a like she 
Yeah, that makes sense to me because she delivers a stillborn. So it's almost like she can be a vessel Mm -hmm. or like when she rescues Pinky, Mm -hmm. she can get her out of the water, but then it's, it's out of her hands. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me actually. And it also makes me think of Millie as trying to be this sort of lady of the house, right? And yeah. trying to, she tries to feed people. Like she tries to mother. She yeah. tries to be the hostess who has the dinner parties. She's like, I'm known She's for my dinner parties. Constantly making melts of yeah. some sort. Every meal is a tuna melt. Don't or dis a tuna melt. melt tuna melts are the best. Oh, gross. <laughs> I can't. No. Cheese, I adore a tuna cheese melt. Cheese melted on fish is not my idea of a good time. But <laughs> you do you. <laughs> but but yeah, like she's she's always, you mm-hmm. know, asking if people need anything and she's mm-hmm. like she wants to help and I think her problem is nobody wants her help. Yeah. Except for Pinky. She's a caregiver with no one to care for. Yeah, and when Pinky doesn't need her help anymore, mm-hmm. she's just totally at sea. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Well, and then she's relegated to sort of the child. Yep. Yeah. So, so she's not only sort of like supplanted from, from the mother role, she's like, you know, kicked down to be, you know, the most immature of the bunch. Yeah. And she- Or the one with least responsibility, maybe. Yeah. Maybe she, in a way, is revealed to herself who she is, Mm -hmm. right? How she doesn't ever have any plans and she doesn't really have any friends at work. Like even when she's- when Pinky's in the coma and she's going around to people at work asking them to sign a card, mm-hmm. people look annoyed that she's talking to them. And then one person is even even asked her, who's Pinky? Mm-hmm. So this world that she's built for herself, where she is sort of the queen bee, mm-hmm. kind of is dismantled yeah. around yeah. her. And she blames herself for Pinky jumping in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so she kind of goes through this this truth and consequences sort of Mm -hmm. phase in a way but then yeah when pinky goes to join her in bed it's so maternal like she puts her hand on pinky's head and just sort of cuddles her yeah in a way that is completely not sexual yeah no not at all and And i'm looking for sexual yeah i'm i'm trying to make it happen and it's also not what you do when you're just sharing a bed with a friend like no yeah like this was very mother and child like cradling and it's followed up with with when Edgar breaks in, like a split second later, mm-hmm. she like moves to protect Pinky with her body, so she like that's places right. herself in front. Um, yeah, that's right. So again, sort of like a physical, sh- like motherly shield. Yeah, but it's almost like she's playing house at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like she's she's kind of going through the motions, but she also. Well, the very fact that she's li- li- sleeping in her own living room. Yeah. Like, she, she's, she doesn't have a fixed place in her own house. Yeah. Yeah. She's camping in her own her She's own camping space. in her own space. Yeah. yeah. And, and when Pinky, you know, takes her car, she's just like, my car's been stolen. <laughs> like, That's right, yeah. Like, her stuff is no longer hers. Her diary is no longer hers. Like, everything of hers. Her own experience, like, her yeah. literal experiences. Are being taken away by someone else. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't. She doesn't understand. Like I think she has these. These instincts. That make her go through the motions of. Of mothering. Mm-hmm. But I don't think she sees it as mothering. I think she sees mm-hmm. it as like best friending. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's true. She would probably hate the idea of, like, mothering. Because she's too young and hip. Everyone yeah. loves her. She's, she's so hot and sexy. 30, flirty, and thriving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she would say that, yes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, like, really, really want to, like, make a... I really, really want to draw a connection between these three women and the three fates, like the Maiden yeah. Mother Crone. Yes, yes, yes. Particularly because also there's such prominence with sewing and how there's, like, all the sewing machines and the sewing baskets and Pinky's, like, only possession, it seems, aside from her one pair of panties, <laughs> is her sewing machine... And like, yeah, so it keeps getting layered in there. Mm-hmm. So I re I really wanted to make something of the fact that that yeah, these women, there's always like one role being played by each, mm-hmm. but they sw- like they sw- cycle through them. Yeah, and I don't know if it's meant to to say that like. We all have all three inside of us or <laughs> or if it's Gross. just like like I think any anything like that is way too simplistic. No, yeah. But but yeah, I like the idea of the three fates being involved because there is such a Yeah, there are these these stages that keep being mm-hmm. circled around and repeated. And it feels like I don't know. There's often ways in which like dreams feel mythological. So yeah. I feel like it also connects to sort of like subconscious and and you know figures from from ancient times mm-hmm. that just sort of keep getting cycled within us and within our our dreams. Yeah. Well, that that makes me think of the the boss at the at the place where they work. Old people spa. The old people spa. Because, I mean, the doctor is clearly the boss, but he is so ineffectual. You can even barely hear what he says. He just sort of has this whiny whisper. But the... He's also worried that he keeps killing patients. Yeah, which is a real problem. Real issue. Um, but the <laughs> the sort of head... I don't what know a if she's the head nurse or the office manager or... Or what? She seemed like the director. Or She's the director. Person. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't even remember her name. Do um, we do we know it? Honestly, it was hard enough for me to keep track of like Pinky Millie Willie. Like like yeah. that like massive ugh, too similar. They all just sort of like blend together. Yeah. But importantly, I mean, this woman is young. Mm-hmm. She's good looking. She's on her game. She's on her game. She runs a tight ship, except for the fact that the doctor keeps fucking up yeah but she is kind of a crone like she is she's She's a shrew she's a shrew yes she's a shrew she's she's very she's scary yeah you don't want to cross her um at one point um millie accidentally punches out and puts her card back in the in thing and then um pinky punches millie's card Mm. and and i mean I, oh, is that what happened? I didn't quite understand yeah, what was Pinky going accidentally on. Accidentally punched Millie's card, um, and then she got into trouble. Yeah. Even though it was, I mean, ostensibly a mistake. Yeah. Even though, again, it's Pinky going for Millie's stuff. Yeah. But but yeah, like she she kind of flies off the handle at any little thing. Uh huh. And clearly, even the doctor is afraid of her. Yeah. Like, she is the boss. Yeah. Yeah. She's running the show. 
and and yeah, that's why I'm I'm almost confused that it's the movie is three women because mm. she almost she has more lines than Willie does. Yeah, and for real. Probably more screen time. Yeah, and more agency. It and seems more like agency. Yeah, and and seems to be this sort of like hashtag girl boss <laughs> that that rounds out the group. Um, and we don't know what happens to her, and we don't. Yeah. Um, Millie quits the job for her and Pinky. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> you, can, but you can. It's a twofer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I quit, and so does she. Um. And then we never see her again, but it's, it's just like this woman was uh, formative. Yeah. Yeah. It is wild to me that, I mean, so we're talking about the fourth woman. There's actually a lot of women in this movie. Yeah. There's, true. there's a bunch of other workers at the spa. There's like four other like sort of main women coworkers mm-hmm. that each sort of pair off. Yeah. There's the twins and then there's two other women. Yeah. And and they each sort of keep to themselves in their own little couplet. Very much so. Um but each of them seem to have their own sort of like group identity and their own like interesting like relationships. Yeah. And so like like all of these women kind of on the periphery seem to have so much more going on than the central three women. It's true. And it also seems like like high school. Yeah. Like one of Where they're um, like, "Oh, you can't sit with us yeah. if you're sitting with them." Well, on Pinky's first day, she meets one of them and she's kind of aloof and then she's like, "You see that that Chinese person over there? Yeah, she's my best friend." We're best friends. And it's just like, okay, neat. Okay. Like, <laughs> like, it is okay to have friends at work, but she she's very insistent. Like, yeah. That and like, one possessive. over there is mine. Possessive. Yeah. And, and I mean, the twins are never without each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody seems very insular. And a big deal is made about Millie eating lunch at the hospital where it costs more money mm-hmm. and she's eating lunch with like the doctors and the hospital staff, mm-hmm. even though they don't care that she's there. Yeah. She's but, essentially like ignored there too. But it's like, why are you going over there when we're all here? Are you better than us? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's very odd. And it seems like Millie just wants to get a date with a doctor or something. Yeah. But, but she's yeah. a horny ass bitch. Why is she too good to eat lunch at her own cafeteria? This is the question. Surely the food isn't better at the hospital. Oh no, cafeteria is <laughs> a cafeteria. Yeah, no, my God. <laughs> you so rarely hear that. Why yeah, need to go to the hospital yeah. where the really good food is? Yeah. They make a mean lunch over at the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> the jello is so fresh. <laughs> it's so Real green. question What does fresh jello taste like? <laughs> I wouldn't know. I've never had fresh jello. You can taste the horse in it. (laughs) It's practically still neighing. (laughs) Grim. (laughs) Oh, we're going to hell. There is no hell. Oh, that's right. If you (laughs) dodged another one. Yeah. (laughs) A relief. Very good news for us. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. And even even the mom, Pinky's mom, yeah. is fully a weirdo in a different way, but in a way that like there's like 
clearly like interiority there. There's like she's on a very different wavelength also. Mm-hmm. When they come and visit, Millie's like, oh, Pinky, like, like Pinky's in a coma. We're trying to wake her up. And then the first thing that Pinky's mom says is like, shh, you'll wake her up. Yeah. And it's like, what? Totally. And, <laughs> and then the- she gives a plaque about like how how kitchen chores are good for God or something. Yeah, she brought a gift for, for Pinky and tells Millie to open it. And it's just like, yeah, do good things in the kitchen. Yeah. Basically. And God will love you God forever. God will love you. And, or like, a, it's basically a woman's place is in the kitchen. Yeah. And meanwhile, her husband has no idea what's going on ever and falls asleep all the time, except when they're banging in their daughter's bed. In the twin bed. Twin bed. Yeah. Which is just like, it's just so exhausting. Impressive, honestly. Impressive. I, that 90 year old people can, you know, still yeah. keep it fresh, keep it tight. <laughs> super, super great for them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, role models. Indeed, role models. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so so then that is just very bizarre that we've chosen to focus on on these three ostensibly like very boring women, probably yeah. the most boring women that we could be focused on. Yeah. Um, and it just so happens that they all kind of intersect in these weird ways mm-hmm. and are are so porous to each other. Yeah. That they can sort of, maybe that's the thing, is that they they have so little going on within themselves mm-hmm. that they sort of blend and, and like, yeah, they're like sponges for each other. Yeah. They sort of like can't figure out where one stops and the other starts. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, they, they do seem a lot less sure of themselves mm-hmm. than the other women in the movie. Yeah. Well, and even things like interior, like I wondered about it coming to the theme of like reflections and surfaces and, and how we have so many weird shots of like seeing someone in a mirror and another person sort of like in a corner and, 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 and they always seem to be like, like they're in the same shot, but they don't seem to be in the same room. Mm. Um, or, or they're sort of spliced weirdly. Um, and I'm wondering if we can do something with that where, where this movie loves the, the interplay of surface, but doesn't quite get at interiority. Like, like, like surface seems to be all there is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and if we're always looking at people through mirrors or, or. Or through windows, but windows is mirrors, because so many times people are looking at a window, but they're only seeing their own reflection. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the whole body of water thing, also a reflective surface. Yeah. One at one point, isn't there a, a like a broken mirror or a split screen or something mm-hmm. when Pinky is looking in the mirror or looking in something and it seems to split off am I imagining yeah I think that might might be just like a sliding door mirror thing where it's like splits yeah 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 I think that's so true because at least what we know of Millie and Pinky they are very concerned with what people think of them Mm -hmm. right and and they're less concerned with how can I actually be a decent person yeah um but yeah, the what you said about surfaces and reflecting made me think of 
of the actual filmmaking as well mm-hmm. because there are the the way the camera films these these women is fascinating and there's one um one edit where Millie is at work and she's kind of coming around a corner and there's a barely perceptible cut and she comes around the corner and she's at home. <gasps> so it's almost like like it elides space and time. Like she's just going about her business so much that we don't even notice where she is. It's it's amazing. Like I my jaw dropped. Oh my god, I didn't even register that. Yeah, like I I I think it was just a lucky so seamless. catch on my part. Yeah. Because I would never, I never saw it before. Wow. But yeah, it's just like, this is how mundane mm-hmm. her life is. She is at work, at home, it's the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She has the same routine, the same route everywhere. Ugh. That's capitalism, am it's I right? <laughs> Ooh, yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also thinking of, of, windows as as something to see what you want to see mm. rather than what is yes and like like particularly thinking about how willie goes to the hospital and millie go to the hospital right after um pinky's taken there in a coma and and both willie and millie in turn look at themselves in the viewing window mm-hmm. to look at Pinky in the bed. And Willie sees her reflection. And then Millie sees like her double reflection. There's like three of her faces. Yeah. Well, and, and first of all, why is Willie there? Yeah. Also, Willie was just in a pool. How did yeah. she get there so fast? Now she's in a hospital. Now she's dried game. off. Also, there's something about, um, you know, when you see your reflection and it's, it's, that's how you think you look. Mm-hmm. But really, we look the opposite the of opposite that. The opposite way, yeah. It's, it's almost like every time they look in their ref- and see their reflections, they're like, yep, okay, this is working, when really they're fooling themselves. That's not who yeah. they are. That's not how they look. Mm-hmm. Because I know, like, I've done enough Zoom classes where I'll, you know, the camera will come on, and I'm like, <gasps> no! Who is that horrible monster? <laughs> <laughs> Why do I look like that? That's not me. But it's... it's yeah, it's so jarring to realize, like, oh, that's how I look to other people. Mm-hmm. Like, you have this idea of what you look yeah. like to yourself. And it's, you know, if you're... It's a horrifying vision. It's a horrifying vision. But if you're just constantly looking at your reflection, mm-hmm. you're just seeing... It's just like a feedback It's loop. like confirmation bias yeah. all the time. Yeah. Okay, so then how can we think about this, like, sort of circular relationship between these three women, then? Can we understand that also as sort of like confirmation bias or a feedback loop? Like, <sighs> I mean, I think if we if we look at everything that comes before the final scene mm-hmm. as a dream, and it's Grandma Willie's dream, yeah. Like in a way, she's all of them. They're all all of them. They're all each other. Yeah, or parts of each other. Hmm. Um. And so, in a way, I guess it would have to be a feedback loop. If you know, if you have, if you're only, if you're basing only your own experience on how other people behave, mm-hmm. 
of course they're going to behave in a, in a way that that you understand because right because that's the way you there's already no approach outside the word. information exactly in. yeah so then what is okay how can we connect this to motherhood and like generational relationships intergenerational relationships yeah because it seems sort of like on the surface like oh you know daughters replace mothers replace like you know Mm -hmm. sort of like the newest generation gets better like you know how pinky gets cooler than millie yeah um but then she reverts but then you know sort of Mm -hmm. that also doesn't fit neat and tidy yeah, like it seems to almost be presented as multiple chances to live a life or mm. but but not yeah, not neat and tidy. Like mistakes yeah. are made and and learning has to happen and I mean the 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 thing is we never really see who they all are really. Yeah. We only see old willie's interpretation of them in a dream if we're thinking that it's if all we're a dream. thinking that it's all a dream which it seems to be mm, i refuse to buy that mostly because i hate the it's all the dream thing yeah but it was 1977 it was newer then <laughs> it was still infuriating <laughs> just because yeah. it's newer doesn't mean it's good maybe i just want to think it's all a dream because that makes the most sense to me but but yeah maybe it's not maybe it's just another act of you know now you know, we're the, this the world keeps turning and yeah ages ages come and go yeah but i'm i'm also really struck by yeah that horrific birth scene and how yeah. it really goes through all the motions of of giving birth yeah for nothing Oh my god, this was another connection to the fates because if we think of Willie as the oldest fate, mm-hmm. she gives birth to death and the oldest fate yes. is the one that's responsible for death. It's not oh creation, it's endings. Yes. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. Thank you. Very very good. Where's my degree? <laughs> Here it is. Where's my pe- Oh, thank you. You're oh my welcome. god, I'll treasure it forever. <laughs> Is this a radio so play now? <laughs> <laughs> clop, 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 clop. Hark, I hear a horse. The cavalry are coming. The cavalry are... We're very versatile. I can do Please all the voices. Yeah. <laughs> For your old-timey radio dramas that no one is making They anymore. will come back. Sure, yeah, everything's new again. I assure you, radio dramas will Paper come back. is the future. Radio dramas are the next TV. Yeah. <laughs> versus the future. I want that on a shirt. We're going back to hard copies. Yeah. Can't trust these newfangled computers. Clouds. (laughs) What What clouds? I see no clouds. I see no clouds. (laughs) The sky is bare. We're indoors. Can't trust the clouds. (laughs) Oh, no. I digress. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Oh, one more. Okay, that was that was brilliant. So if <laughs> if Willie is sort of the bringer of death, uh-huh. it kind of 
I mean, this sounds morose, but it kind of makes sense that she's the grandmother in yeah. the end. Yeah. But it brings me back to thinking of Willie or of Millie as mother when she's first in one of the first scenes, she's training Pinky mm-hmm. and they're doing a little role play where Pinky has to pretend to be an old person going into the pool. And Millie says, what's wrong with you? And yeah. Pinky is immediately like, nothing's wrong with me. And she's like, no, like, what's what's your ailment? Yeah. And and Pinky is like, oh, my my back, my leg, like, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's mirrored at the end when, um, bef- before, when Millie gets really upset with Pinky, she says, what is the matter with you, Pinky? <gasps> oh. When she's angry. And yeah. it just seems like. Like, what's wrong with you? What's the matter with you? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're, they're innocent questions that don't necessarily mean a, a responsibility of care, mm-hmm. but they also mean a responsibility of care, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what is the matter? What is ailing you? How mm-hmm. can, mm-hmm. you know, tell me everything. So well, it's it's both a, a question of of care and also a, a subtle critique, yeah, or not so subtle critique, like a passive aggressive critique, totally. Which connects to then the final scene when Willie tells Millie, like, "Why are you being so hard on Pinky? Mm-hmm. Um, like, why why do you always have to natter at her? Why are you always criticizing her?" Yeah, which I mean, again, talking about a feedback loop could also be back to the three ages thing where Mm -hmm. it's like your older self thinking why was i so hard on my younger self yeah why did i always natter at her why was she never good enough yeah um so there's there's that too which also really there's like inner child work going on here yeah and also i mean intergenerational work where Mm -hmm. you see you know how I don't know, like maybe from from a grandmother to a daughter to a granddaughter, you do see kind of the future mm-hmm. in a way for these other generations. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see it in a very particular way through your own experience. Yeah. Which is why so many of our grandmas did not understand us at all. Yeah. Boy, <laughs> so, howdy. Yeah. Um Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I wonder if it's, you know, multiple, mm-hmm. multiple interpretations going on at the same time. Yeah, well, and how, how it's also like, it's both easier and more complicated to see yourself from a distance. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like when you are closest to yourself in age, you are probably the most critical mm-hmm. of your choices and judgmental of, of like your body and mind and like all the things yeah um and there's there's often more grace when you have you know that perspective that separation Mm -hmm. um and you've pulled back a ways yeah Hmm. or when you go to therapy go to therapy folks (laughs) go to therapy therapy's great (laughs) highly recommend cannot say enough good things about therapy 10 stars (laughs) Uh, let's talk about Edgar and how all three women fuck him. Gross. And how maybe Willie kills him at the end? Yeah. 
It definitely is implied. Yeah. That either Willie or Millie. Well, even I read, um, I read something. Maybe it was. Oh, are you reading reading spoilies? Well, no, it was just speculation that Edgar is under that pile of tires. Oh. <laughs> That'd be why we linger on it so long. Yeah, because it's like, why do we care about an old pile of tires? But (laughs) Edgar's basically an old pile of tires. He really is. He looks it. He's so leathery. Yeah, like if you look hard enough. Oh my God. He's an old pile of tires. Oh yeah. The old pile of tires yet to be. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So he's also this sort of weird through line that never sort of becomes... It's own, like, he never even, like, sort of similar to Willie, he doesn't really become a person. Mm-hmm. He's always just sort of this creepy dude lingering on the sidelines that, you know, all three women sleep with at some point. Yeah. And, and then is, is a shitty person who breaks in at the end and ha- holds this power over all these women. Like, he's the landlord. He owns their building. Mm-hmm. He owns the bar. Um, so he's in control of all of these spaces and to some extent control of all these women's bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, he stands behind them teaching them how to shoot, which mm-hmm. is an extremely phallic thing. Except for Willie. Except for Willie. Who's a crack shot. Yeah, she can shoot on her own. Yeah, yeah. I love that moment. Yeah, me too. Because she's just sort of like randomly shooting her artwork for art purposes yeah um and it's like oh she's just you know a bunch of bullets in this plank of wood and then all of a sudden she turns and like direct shot chest direct shot head in the in the target mm-hmm. um so what lo- had looked random before is like oh no that's like perfect aim yeah and actually this like random artwork is very intentional artwork sort of in hindsight and it's but it, it's also it's almost like it's encumbered because when she's holding the gun, when she's shooting her artwork, it's very like close to her chest and like, it's not, Oh, is it? It's, it's very like her shoulders are up. And then when she turns and aims at the, the bullseye, it's like her arms fully extended. She looks way more sure of herself doing target practice. Already imagining shooting Edgar. Yeah. Yeah. Because the target is person-shaped. Yeah. Everyone, so. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so what, what are we doing with, with him? What's his, what's his role in all of this nonsense? I mean, I kind of... I kind of see him as, like, a sire or a, a bull mm. whose power goes nowhere. Yeah. Like, he's... Yeah, like, he, he impregnates Willie. Mm-hmm. And she births death. Yeah. And also a son. Dead yeah, son. Yeah, a dead son. Yeah. Um she he like woos Millie. Uh-huh. But like nobody else No one else wants yeah, her like, anyway. She, she even tell when Pinky looks disapprovingly, she's like basically shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like even Millie's not very proud to be with him. Yeah. And then Pinky at one point just doesn't say much but then just says oh i i hope i'm not pregnant yeah and it's like ew gross (laughs) but yeah and and we get you know Mm -hmm. edgar comes over and and it's it just seems so 
un unbelievable. Yeah. You know, like with each woman, it's less and less believable that he's actually a love interest. Yeah. He's more of just that like, D cannot be impressive. No, he's more of like a sperm factory. Yeah. But but it doesn't go anywhere. Like he's he's just sort of useless. Is there a way we can think of him as maybe another tool of manipulation between the three women? Yeah, because I mean they do experience jealousy. Yeah. Right? Even for such a tool as Edgar. <laughs> like Willie sees him leaving Millie's room and yeah. looks very hurt. Mm -hmm. And Millie is definitely jealous when he's visiting Pinky. Yeah. And I think Pinky... Doesn't seem interested in him for his own sake. Doesn't seem interested in him. So but it's there, fully just Millie. Yeah. But there is this mystery about, like, when Millie asks her to sleep on the rollaway bed because Millie has company, there is mm. this sort of, like... Oh, she's a grown-up lady doing grown-up things, and yeah. I'm a little kid sleeping on the rollaway bed. Right. Like, we kind of get the sense that Pinky has never um, had any sort of encounter with men before, or anyone. Um, and, and she has that kind of, like, trepidation mm -hmm. <laughs> look on her face. Not just because Edgar's married, mm -hmm. but because, like, Millie's actually bringing somebody home. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I think he is, he is there to, to sort of incite mm -hmm. jealousy and also to make us wonder why on earth anyone would be jealous. Yeah. Like, <sighs> but it happens, right? <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah. It's it's always terrible in hindsight. <laughs> well, it it's especially weird because there seems to be this sort of like I mentioned sort of the queerness of this before, but like mm. how and it's particularly between again, you know, Millie and and Pinky. Mm -hmm. Um because for most of the movie they're sort of like closest in age, closest in proximity. Um, have the most sort of like, you know, exchange happening. Mm -hmm. Um, but just sort of like the the like rapt fascination that Pinky has for Millie. Mm -hmm. Um, in the beginning, is very queer coded. Like she is yes. like fully. She fully has a crush on her. This is like. This feels like, like, oh, there's this amazing book called Olivia that was kind of the inspiration for Call Me By Your Name, mm. um, where, and it's about, it's about this um, girl at a boarding school who, like, falls in love with her teacher, essentially. And it's not, like, nothing happens, but she just, like, it's just sort of capturing that, um like the childlike crush on a grown up where it sort of feels like like hopeless um and and it's sort of deeply mixed up with like a lot of other things um but it's also sort of like the first time like that like you know you're awakened as a mm. sexual being to be like oh i feel things for this older person than I never knew I could. And then that sort of like, you know, yeah, becomes, becomes 
something else. But that very much felt like what this early, early part of the movie was, where she sees Millie, she's enraptured by her, she's, she's in love with her, she can't stop fixating on her and following her around. Um, it's stalkery, but, but there's also, like, you can't, so just like, I can't be away from you. Yeah, well, and maybe then she's jealous of Edgar. Mm. And maybe, like, I, I get this sense that there is this sort of consumption going on. Like, mm-hmm. like Pinky is so obsessed with Millie that she starts yeah. consuming her. Yeah, and, totally. Yeah, and sort of almost replacing her. Well, and, like, the whole thing with the diary, where she, mm-hmm. like, first starts out by reading the diary. She reads about, like, Millie's sex experiences in the diary. Mm-hmm. Um, whether they're real or fabricated doesn't make a difference because she's just like, okay, this is how we go about it. And then later on, you know, enacts it with Edgar as well. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, sort of takes on more and more of, of what Millie is. Yeah. So that there isn't a separation between them. Yeah, it's it's the most intimate mm-hmm. thing in a really mixed up way. Yeah. Yeah. In a deeply unerotic way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Deeply unerotic. <laughs> like I also cannot emphasize how unsexy this movie is. Yeah. Just almost why I didn't want to like talk about its queerness because I was like, we don't want to acknowledge that. Yeah, you're not <laughs> cheering for anyone. No. To get together. <laughs> No, this is not, yeah, a queerness I want to embrace. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty messed up. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I think we covered everything I was interested in. Did uh-huh. we cover any, everything you were interested in? Oh, I just wanted to quickly mention how, how I feel like there's a way we can see this movie as a horror movie. Yep, for sure. Particularly informed by the fact that like the previous year was Carrie. Yeah. So Sissy Spacek is fresh off Carrie coming into this and then Stanley Kubrick saw this and then recruited um Shelley Duvall for The Shining. Mm-hmm. So there's also this sort of like weird like horror stepping stone that this is like a centerpiece for. Yeah. The, well, and there's so many horror elements. Like I'm trying to think of um Gerald Busby did the score and it's it's a very horror-y score, right? A lot mm-hmm. of dissonant chords and I was thinking it sounded like uh Stravinsky's Rite of Spring almost. Mm. Um and like the sacrificial um yeah. piece particularly, but yeah, it's like very very dissonant, very atonal. Yeah, and we we particularly um or or it seems the most apparent when we get these still silent shots of mm-hmm. Pinky and of Millie and of Willie, like, like they are going through something that we don't even mm-hmm. like any depth we we they have we don't get to see. Mm-hmm. We just hear this, this yeah. score and we see again. Them. It's just like their surface and mm-hmm. then this this noise. Yeah, and I think yeah, knowing Sissy's basic from Carrie and and. And sort of almost bringing in the drama from Carrie as growing up in this abusive mm-hmm. household. And because the characters are similar. They feel very similar. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then, yeah, seeing Shelley Duvall in her, you know, she she has this iconic face, these enormous eyes, and just, like, she looks startled yeah. a lot of the time. Which Both of them are basically, like, stick figures with eyes. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, they have enormous eyes and, like, insubstantial bodies. Yeah, yeah, they're so slight. And, um, yeah, it's just everything has this undertone of foreboding. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. And that plus the murals, mm-hmm. which are like, scary looking. Yeah. Like it, yeah. It Very really, ominous. It really is ominous. Yeah. Yeah. To the point where I actually was expecting like a bloodbath at some point. Yeah. Like I was expecting one of the women or two of the women to kill the other one. Or like I was expecting them to turn on each other mm-hmm. in a way that oh, yeah, obviously never happened. Um. And and any violence that happens is either like inflicted on self or or sort of off scene. Like I guess we're uh, assuming that one of them killed Edgar or mm-hmm. all three of them or whatever. But like that's never shown. Right. Um. And the only other sort of like very clear like horror moment is just a f- one of that flash in the dream. Of of Pinky lying in the apartment with the the knife sticking out of her, yeah, and that is like not presented with any context. It's mm-hmm. just one of this, you know, onslaught of of scenes that we're flashing through in this dream sequence. Yeah, and then there's Millie walking out of after the birth with blood, like bloody hands, just sort of like yeah. staring, and then she starts yelling at Pinky, who's just standing there. Yeah, like, that's right. Yeah. Which is... Okay, so gore, yeah. Yeah. Birth gore. Birth gore, but also the horror of Pinky just not doing anything. Yeah. Right? Like, it's it's not like she's... It's... To me, it feels less like she's frozen in fear Mm -hmm. than that she just can't be bothered. Yeah. Totally. Which is really horrifying. It's so fucked up. So because it's more can... like, oh, I want to see what's happening. Yeah. That I don't felt like what it was. Like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we see. I don't want to. Well, we see Willie like writhing and Millie trying to trying to get the like, baby out. Ineffectually getting the baby out and keep saying things like, I can't do this. Yeah. It's too big. The, the head, head won't. The head won't it's move. Stuck. Yeah. And just like seeing them. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so like fucked it's up. It's disturbing. Yeah. yeah. And then just all the, the blood and just Millie's absolute horror. Yeah. At, at Pinky's inaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that moment when she slaps Pinky. Yeah. And there's like a bit of, you know, gore that lands in her hair. There's, yeah. There's like a bloody print on her face and some like guts on her Yeah. Uh, delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The movie has it all. This got it all, for real. <laughs> uh, moments of joy? <laughs> yes, okay. So, my... This the is one, not a funny movie, but there's some very funny there parts. There's some very funny parts, and my favorite one is when Pinky's, air quotes, mom um, gives the gift to Millie... And it's like, this is a prayer for the kitchen. And the mom goes, it's for the kitchen. <laughs> and I just, I, yeah, that got me. I just started laughing because it's, it's like something, 
I would do. Like, it's something I would do to be funny. <laughs> but, or to try to be funny. But yeah, like, it's, mm. it's obviously for the kitchen, madam. Like... <laughs> No need to say. It literally says, like, be in the kitchen. Yeah, but she's so serious. She's like, it's for the kitchen. It's like, yeah. Like, there could be any confusion hanging it over your bed or something. (laughs) I'm putting it in the bathroom and that's the end of it. Uh, Rather in the garbage where it belongs. Yeah, truly. I would never put something like that in my house. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. What were your moments of joy? Oh, my God. I had two. Oh. I had two. Yeah. Okay. So one happens early on in the movie when Millie is like having lunch with the the doctors over at the hospital across the road. And she's trying everything. So like Millie talks nonstop in the beginning. She's mm-hmm. constantly just chatting about whatever. And and it's just like noise. And She's sitting there. She's trying to talk to people. She's trying to engage these sexy doctors. And they're just like, whatever. Who cares? And at one point, she's like, hey, will you check my neck glands? Yeah. Girl is trying so hard to flirt and what get these dudes' attention. Thing to say. And I was like, this is, this is my brand of flirting. Would you check my neck glands? That's how Aaron and I got together. So. Oh, my God. You checked each other's neck glands? Yeah. Wow, true romance. <laughs> Just kidding, we didn't do that. We <laughs> fondled neck glands. We fondled neck glands. That's first base. <laughs> it is in this house. <laughs> uh, and then the second moment of joy was when that first time that um, Millie and Pinky are at the bar. Um, and they're the only ones in the bar and Willie comes in to get them a beer. Um, and they're just sitting, sitting at, at the bar about to drink their beer. Pinky then pours salt into her glass of beer. Yeah. And then pounds it in <laughs> one gulp. And Millie's just sitting there, like, staring at her. And then when Pinky puts down the glass, <laughs> Millie's like, you drink a lot of beer? And then Pinky belches. And Millie's like, really? <laughs> Like, they've just had a conversation. <laughs> oh, and it was so silly and so weird. So weird. And she blows the the foam, too. Right. Her, like, it foams up, and then she she blows it everywhere and then downs it. Oh, my God. So she cannot consume anything without making a mess. Yeah. And I just was like, oh, it's so weird, but also like, like what? why would you put salt in beer? I yeah. don't understand. Well, I can understand. And then drink it. That's yeah, gross. that's the thing. It's like, okay, I understand wanting to see it erupt if you're... But yeah, then drinking it, it's... Oh, I can't even imagine. Yeah. No, thank you. No, thank you. <sighs> nope. Oh, man. So I have just, just a couple couple fun facts. So one of them was that... Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the terrifying, you know, birth scene... Um, and the and the horror of that was the moment that that convinced Kubrick to hire Shelley Duvall for The Shining. <gasps> Amazing. And I was like, oh yeah, I see it. Like her coming out with the sort of zombie arms covered in totally. blood. Totally was like, oh, this is a shining moment. Mm-hmm. This feels like yeah, <laughs> of a piece, moment. a shining moment. Um, <laughs> so then he like he had called her um, and said that she was great at crying. <laughs> <laughs> But there wasn't a script, so he was just like, ah, just read the whole book. 
um, and then another thing was from um, this interview uh, with Sissy Spacek, where she was talking about the the project, um, pr- the way that they shot, and um, she said that like the characters themselves didn't didn't have the full script. So from day to day, they would get pages for what they were shooting that day. Um, and they always shot in sequence. So it was like literally unfolding as mm. we as we see it. But they could add their own little like idiosyncrasies. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's yeah. Elman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so yeah, thought that was cool and very interesting. Um, do, you, do you have movie connections? Well, Persona. Of course, of course. The other one I thought of is Mulholland Drive. I was thinking that, yeah. Yeah, where it's, and it's funny because I was describing this to Aaron and Aaron's like, that sounds very Lynch. And I was like, yeah. as a matter of fact, yeah. <laughs> it is. Because you get this, this like false sense of security and this switch in characters and it's, it's fascinating and upsetting and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well spotted, well spotted. Thank you. It's also similar to a, a little-known movie called Freaky Friday. <laughs> well, of course. Yes. Like, uh, that, so That speaks for itself. <laughs> Everyone knows that. <laughs> okay, but for real, though, like, like a mother and daughter exchange bodies? Like, totally. come on. I never even thought it's of It's the Freaky same Friday. thing. Yeah. Ugh. Also happens in Jumanji 1 and 2. Welcome oh, to the jungle. Oh, yes. Um... Yeah, yeah, all, all kinds of body swaps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then I also was thinking just briefly about um, this really great little little horror movie called Uma with Sandra <gasps> yeah. O, where she is is essentially haunted by her mother mm-hmm. um, and and the trauma of her childhood. And and sort of like becomes possessed by her mother's spirit and and starts to enact the kind of violence that her own mother had on her to her own daughter. Right. And um, and then has to sort of reconcile herself with that in order to exercise her mother's spirit. Yeah. Um, oh, and thought that was like, yeah, really interesting connection too. totally. And 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 much clearer sort of like and the horror horror camp. Yes, much more linear. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great example. I never thought of that one either. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, in summation, uh, what did we learn? And juiciest bits, juiciest bets. <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, I... Uh, I learned what that abstract learn? movies are maybe not the right <laughs> movies for this show. I think maybe not. Um, Although they are are fun in their own way. Well, I think we, yeah, we found a lot to talk about. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, I, I do love experimental film and I love nonlinear film and I love, of like, you know, chaotic weirdness and, and stream of consciousness and like all of that shit. It's, it's delicious, but it also is like... It becomes very difficult to have like coherent conversations about mm-hmm. because at some level, a lot of that is just like, oh, I see this element poking through. But a lot of it's just sort of like eye of the beholder. So you can see something and someone else might not. And then you're just sort of like doing a patchwork <laughs> assembly of, of like, oh, this little thing. Oh, that little thing, you know. Yeah. In yeah. the end, I was confused. <laughs> yeah. 
But I think it's okay to be confused. I'm I'm glad. No, that it it's... isn't. Clarity always. I'm suspicious of anyone who is like, I know exactly what it's about. Mm. I know what everything means. Yeah, no, bullshit. You no, you don't. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we learned the importance of confusion. Yes. And how, you know, it's Some... beneficial sometimes. Sometimes art is confusing. That's I mean, it is, it is like, oh, take. what is, what is that? What is that? Um, is it dialectic therapy where, where it's like, you've got to like hold paradoxes mm. together. And that's a way of like being able to like think new thoughts and, oh. and develop new neural pathways. And, you know, you, like just, just not trying to reconcile things, but just sort of like holding the paradox as it's, as itself. Hmm. And 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 letting the confusion sort of like I don't know unravel your brain enough so you like go in new directions. Interesting. I didn't know that was a thing. I'm just making shit up, but I think it's a thing. <laughs> I'm very certain it's a thing. Don't I quote will me take on it. Ten sessions. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I only took an online class this afternoon. Where's my checkbook? <laughs> I'm sure I can help you. <laughs> uh, juiciest butts. Well. Tell me. I think the juiciest butts have to go to the, the pool murals. They do. There's but also a special shout out oh, man. to the cozy yellow fuzzy suit that Shelley Duvall wears by the pool <laughs> with that little pointy hood. I saw it and I was like, I would totally wear that. <laughs> It's just, it's it so looks weird. like a onesie. It does look like, like a onesie. Like a, a pool like, onesie. It looks like a baby suit. Yeah. Like one of those blanket. Like cape. a Snuggies. Like, yeah, yeah. Of. But it, it's, yeah. It's just like, oh, mm. that is great. And she had the hood up. And I mean, kudos to her for trying to be sexy in basically a baby outfit. <laughs> but like a full coverage baby outfit. Yeah. Not one of those sexy baby outfits. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, all right, moving on. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Not prepared to disclose anything. <laughs> Not acknowledging, moving on. You agree with the murals? Or do you I do agree, agree with the murals. However, I think special shout out to Tom. He of yep. the 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 crush. He's the neighbor in the apartment. Perpetually sick Tom. Perpetually sick Tom. Yeah. Uh, he also helps dive in and save Millie, uh, Pinky from the pool, mm-hmm. and and we get like a, a nice tight water butt shot. That is true. Yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just a split second blink and you miss it, but it was you know working it for all it was giving us. Tom and the pool murals. Tom and the pool. <laughs> Together at last. <laughs> Joined in butitude. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be very happy together. Yes, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, I, I think we've done it. I think we have done it. All right, great. You can pick the next movie. <laughs> We're watching something dumb and stupid. Yay. Like Face Off. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> The opposite of this movie in every single way. <laughs> Although no face oh, oh, the no, same. The same. Oh no! Maybe we can have a theme. 
Yeah. We can have a body swap theme for body the month. Of, oh, okay, yeah. yeah February it's spring, spring body swaps. Yeah, love it. All right, let's do it. Yay. Okay. Talk to you later. <laughs> oh, no. Bye. Bye. Yeah, I've been th- Charlie. <laughs> Talk to you later. I've been Annie. Uh, and this is us. This is us. This is us. <laughs> That's, oh, no. Will we be lassoed? <laughs> we are not affiliated with we, any we are not network th- TV show. <laughs> That may have a similar tag. Yeah, line. it's a common phrase. Everyone says it all the time. Don't, uh, don't come at us. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.